everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Decision Hour. I'm Adam, and with me as always, Patty. Adam, how's it going? It's going. How are you? Good. I'm excellent. We had an excellent live recording this morning. Yep. And we got a great, excellent guest lined up for you all today. Uh, Patty, why don't you tell everybody who we got online today? Yes, I get to say his name again because it's super awesome. His name is Zach Starr, and to me, that just sounds super Hollywood. And he really is. This guy is is awesome. Um, I met Zach. He's a Navy veteran. I met him fairly recently, within the last couple of months. Uh, we had coffee together. He just happened to be out in my neck of the woods for, for an event. Got to sit down with him. Very uh, humble individual, and I'm, I'm glad he's on here uh, today. One of the things we're going to talk about is is he decided to uh, take a long walk or a journey, um, <laughs> and he has a, a movie out. It's a DVD, and I'm, I'm holding it, not that you guys can see it, but it's called The Epic Mile. So without further ado, we're going to bring Zach on. Zach, how you doing, buddy? I am excellent, man. Thank you for having me on today. Absolutely. Morning, Patty. Yes, I'm excited about this. You know, I felt like going on a, a long walk just to relieve some stress, but not that long well, of a walk. Not 2,650 <laughs> miles long. Yeah. <laughs> Zach, let's jump right into it. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, um, I'm a veteran, like you said, Navy veteran. Uh, I had an injury when I was in the service, and uh, it was pretty much a botched surgery by Navy uh, doctors. Had two, got an early medical discharge, uh, couldn't do my job. And that kind of followed me and has followed me uh, ever since. And that hike that you're speaking of, I got to a point, I mean, we can just dive right into the meat of this, but I got to the point where my injury defined who I was and I was no longer living life the way I wanted to. Uh, It's a shoulder injury. I've had now seven surgeries. I just had two more last year uh, and I'm facing an eighth, but I got to a point where I couldn't do the things I loved. And so I just, you know, you hit a wall and you either fight or flight. Right. And so I decided to fight back. So I just decided I'm going to take on the biggest, baddest challenge I can find that will test me mentally and physically at the same time. So I decided to hike uh, from Mexico to Canada, 2,650 miles. I just woke up one morning. Stop, wait a minute, wait a minute. I... Let's let's back it up for a second. First off, <laughs> what would you say? It was, it was a shoulder injury. Is that? Was yeah, it was, that a, a, it was a simple rotator cuff tear of okay. the shoulder. Uh, they put five titanium screws in. They dropped one during surgery, and then two backed out because they put them in soft tissue. And, so and I just then, and then one more, you're like, ah, you know, I'm waking up, my shoulder's sore. You know, I'm gonna go for a walk, and I'm gonna start in Mexico. And you know, Canada looks like a nice time of year. Let's see how far I can. You know, let's see if I can make it up there. Like a, what? What prompted that? I mean, how did how did you get to that point where you were just going to like wake up and like, you know, I'm going to walk from Mexico to Canada. That seems like a great idea because quite frankly, I could think of a thousand other things I would rather do than walk from Canada, from Mexico to Canada. <laughs> yeah, it was. So when I grew up, I grew up in Australia and hiking was a big thing. You know, I lived in the Australian bush for six months and, and so I got to the point physically where I wasn't doing anything. I was working too much. And I said, I want to get back to those things I did as a kid that I really enjoy. And hiking was one. And I was facing a fifth surgery to fix the shoulder. And I picked a trail called the John Muir Trail. It's 240 miles uh, in the Sierra Nevadas. Okay. And went in for VA appointment, told him the problem. Like, I need to get this fixed. I want to do this hike next year. And the VA doctor was like, you need to quit hiking. Like, you need to quit backpacking. It's going to aggravate it. 
Uh, and th- for me, that was, it was a definitive moment when I walked out of the door of the, of the VA doctor's office because I realized, yeah, he's right. I shouldn't hike that 240 miles. And in my research, I, f- I saw the Pacific Crest Trail and I thought those guys were nuts. I'm like, who hikes 2000, almost 3000 miles? That's just for five months of your life. That's dumb. And so then I decided to jump on board and say, <laughs> that's, that's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Too I'm going out. tomorrow. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so I had, uh, yeah, I had surgery in December, December 1st. And I left, uh, the end of April, uh, after just, uh, two months of rehab and, and, uh, some packing and, and different things and some planning and hit the trail and, how how many people <clears throat> excuse me how many people or did you have a support group that was with you you know you know with it like i'm holding the dvd here and there was a lot of stuff in here were, were you mainly by yourself or did you have people following you for you know case of medical or, or whatnot or do you have check i'm assuming this was somewhat planned yeah when i say planned <laughs> <laughs> You can only plan so far. So I had spreadsheets. I had all this, all this stuff worked out and I realized you can only plan for the next hundred miles. I mean, that's, that's literally what it is. Right. And we were doing 20, 25 mile days and uh, it was just too hard to, you know, you worry about fires in Oregon when you're still in Southern California and it's like, that might be out by the time you get there. Right. Uh, You never know. So I had my sister sending my resupply boxes and I had dehydrated meals. I had all my food pre-purchased or most of it. And so we would coordinate and I'd say, Hey, I'll be in this town, you know, in, in five weeks. And she would send a box. Uh, you had to be about two weeks ahead. So it was kind of difficult to, to navigate that and pinpoint where I would be. Right. Um, and she would send the resupply. And if we missed one or there, there wasn't a post office, I would just buy from a local store. As far as that, that was it, man. I was on my own. Um, people hike together a lot. They find other people on trail. I was going for a whole different, uh, reason yeah. than most, you know, I was trying to test myself and, and the surgery didn't work. So the shoulder was really bad. I needed a joint replacement at that point. Uh, and we later found out I had a torn tendon. So I was out there for a whole different set of reasons, uh, and really wanted to test myself. So I stayed solo for probably 80% of the trail. Jesus. So my question, <laughs> it's going to be good. Um, so if you're out there all by yourself, and are I mean, do you have a cell phone? How do you charge it? How do you keep in contact if there's an emergency or, or it's just you and the wolves? <laughs> yeah, it, it was just uh, it was just me. So I had a cell phone. Uh, you didn't get a lot of service in a lot of the areas. And then I had what's called a spot device. So it's a GPS tracker. Hmm. Um, ironically, the day I almost got uh, or the day I encountered two Mojave green rattlesnakes, my spot tracker wasn't working and I was in the Mojave desert. And it was like a 10 day section, eh, maybe not 10 days. It was a longer section of no cell service. So that was a little hairy, but uh, yeah, funny story. My sister was following that GPS and one day I get a text from her and she's like, oh my gosh, are you okay? You haven't moved in six hours. We were all at this tiny diner eating hamburgers and binging on beer. <laughs> and I was like, I'm fine. I sent her a picture yeah. of it. I'm like, it was like 30 hikers just around these tables. Rehydrating. That's what rehydrating you're right. themselves. I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. Maybe I should turn this thing off. Uh, yeah. So did you sleep in hotels? Did you sleep in tent 
like a tent or what did you do? Yeah, everything was on my back. So I had a pack wow. that weighed about 20 pounds base weight before food and water. And it was a tent sleeping bag, you know, clothes. You have to carry clothes for all the seasons mm-hmm. uh, because even in Southern California, we got a foot of snow. Um, and that was it. And then in little towns, you'll have what's called a zero day, which is a rest day. Mm-hmm. And you stop and rest your feet, air out your blisters, get groceries, do laundry at the local laundromat. Um, and sometimes hikers would chip in for a motel room. Sometimes uh, you'd camp on somebody's lawn if they'd let you. Sometimes wow. churches and things would let you for like a minimal fee, mm-hmm. uh, camp on their grass. So it was just different, different uh, accommodations, but mostly tent. For the most wow. Are, are there homeless people who are just out there too or... Uh, no, not really on the trail. Cause it, it can get expensive to do this. You know, you're taking five months off and you're also hiking this. I was eating 4,000 calories a day. So like the food, you know, to, to get your calories, you have to eat quite a bit of food. So you see a lot of day hikers back and forth, but on trail it was, it's a really tight knit community of really awesome people. Hmm. That's interesting. I, I never knew this. Yeah. I, I'm trying to just pick a question because there's so many of them and, and it's part of it's just like jesus i'm still trying, like why what what about your hygiene um i mean did you stop it i know there's some truck stops that have showers i've seen them never use them yeah. how do you like, did you ever wash up or yeah when you go into towns you you take a shower yeah. um and it's the best shower of your life in oregon i went 23 days without a shower Wow. Uh, and I actually just, you know, you jump into ice cold rivers and, and lakes and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you would shower along the way, but there is definitely a different odor that comes <laughs> in a through hiker. People ask if I was worried about bears and I'm like, no, because as soon as they smell you, they run like they know something bad's out there. So, but yeah, I mean the whole, the whole point was for me to, to test myself and to be uncomfortable. I feel like in life we, we kind of cater to our comforts yes. and kind of lose that of how, how do we handle adversity? How do we react when everything fails? You know, when your gear fails, you're out there, there's no support system. There's nobody to pick you up and say, come on, you can hike the next mile. And how does that adversity uh, resonate with yourself? Where do you dig to, to pull that, that resilience from to make it that next mile? And there were days where you, you had to hike 20 before you could even get to civilization to get help. So for me, it was testing myself. So anything that was uncomfortable was exactly what I was looking for mm-hmm. in a weird way. No, I totally get that. What yeah. would you learn from this experience? Oh man, it was, it was crazy. It, the first thing is it put my faith back in humanity. It really did in the, in trusting other people in, uh, you know, with the whole experience with the military and the bad medicine and the years I've dealt with chronic pain and the multiple surgeries and the battles with the VA. Um, yeah, this just put my faith back in, in humanity and people and people wanting to help for no reason. There were trail angels that would help us for no reason, no benefit to themselves. They just wanted to help somebody else who's on a mission to succeed. And so that was one thing I brought back uh, and where since then I would now do public speaking and, you know, we made the film uh, to help other veterans understand that your, your injury doesn't define you, your limitations or what people tell you are your limitations physically, mentally, emotionally, they don't define what you can accomplish. And so for me, it was this big um, experience of, of all these different things that 
reminded me that I can really accomplish anything I want if I take it one step at a time. Let's let's plug the uh, the video here. It's called the Epic Mile, a veteran's 2,650 mile journey uh, through the darkness. Where can people, if they want to watch this, purchase this? Where can they they go to get this? We are in the process of that. So the hike was two years ago, three years ago now, four years ago. Man, it's adding up, Adam. Uh, it was a while ago. And I've been doing public speaking. So when people bring me into an organization or a conference, you know, we have the DVDs available. Cool. Uh, people want to, they can email me uh, info at zackstar.com. And that's Z-A-C-K-S-T-A-R-R.com. Right. Uh, and we can certainly give them a link to get that. Right now, it's not out there for public consumption just yet. Okay. Um, but yeah, we use it in conjunction with speaking events uh, as added bonus. And with that said, you being a public speaker, do you have any events that you're going to be speaking at or where can, do you have anything on the calendar where people can go see you speak? Anything, anything right, coming up? Yeah, nothing that uh, I can make public right now, but okay. we're working on a few different events. I will say we're about to launch, or I'm about to launch uh, a YouTube channel, um, and that's going to address the transition for military spouses. So I don't really? know if you want to dive into that, but yeah, uh, let's, let's talk about that. What the, okay, so elaborate on that a little bit. Yeah, so just to to go back a little bit uh, when you read that title through the darkness part. Mm-hmm that we haven't touched on years ago from 07 to 09 when the VA was, when I was between surgeries, they had me on 15 pills a day and I was between surgeries. Their red tape, uh, one of those screws came out and wedged itself in my shoulder joint and it had totally oh. torn the shoulder up and I needed immediate surgery that week. Yeah. And the VA's red tape was, and you guys know the drill, you have yeah. to go see your primary care, you haven't seen them in a year or however long you have to go. It was a three month process of if this, then that. And so I had to pay out of pocket for surgery. Then they put me on 15 pills a day for pain, uh, depression, sleep, all the things. And during that time, I went through a dark phase and I was suicidal. And so from that experience, uh, now I use that and try to help other veterans understand what a healthy lifestyle is like and what it's like to be whole in all the different areas of your life. And so that's my speaking platform. You know, we talk about mindset and mastering mindset. And then the transition and the connection with the YouTube channel is that we're working to show military spouses. Here's a glimpse into what the veteran may be going through. Because a lot of times we, you know, this, we get trained when we go into the service, we spend all these years and months training. And then when we get out, there's a minimal training and you're thrust into the public sector and they say, you know, have a nice life, deal with it. Best of luck to you. Yeah. So it's, it's harder to train the veteran how to reintegrate. And so the gatekeeper is the spouse and oftentimes they're left out. So if we can get them trained and say, here are some of the things they may be going through. Here are some of the reasons they may do things the way they do procedures, um, all of the things it helps them understand the mindset and then they can meet in the middle as a couple and navigate the waters of transition. So that's the YouTube channel coming up. I love that. Stay tuned for that, folks. Um, you also have a Vet Connect. Yes. Want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So we are not currently 501c3, okay. um, but you know I've done a lot of work under the Vet Connect uh, right. platform. Um, so we're a group, and our mission is to help veterans understand that there are options out there for them with transition and with getting care. If you're not your own advocate for your medical care, you're not going to get the care you need. And same with the mental health aspect of it, right? 
Um, so before they give up or before they get into those dark waters, we like to point them in the direction um, and give them hope. And that's what the movie was about. We made the film to put it out there to say, you know, here's an example, one small example, because there are people who have far greater stories, things they've gone through far worse than I have. Um, but it's just to show them no matter what you're going through, you can make it if you take it one step at a time. Uh, so the Vet Connect umbrella, you know, we, we've worked with Ohio State University with a Shakespeare and Veterans Project. We've worked with the Columbus uh, VA Department of Mental Health as an advocate to talk about what the community needs. Um, we've worked with other veterans groups. I've spoken at Blue Star Mothers multiple times. Um, so we're entrenched in the veteran community. Uh, we're just not 501c3 because between you and me, I absolutely hate asking for donations. <laughs> and I would, as you know, I think we talked about this, Adam, at our coffee thing. I would rather make money through speaking and put my own money back into the organization to have the legs that we need yeah. instead of spending all this no, time I, fundraising I, and listen, doing things. I, I get it, man. You, you, we're, yeah. we're all on the same we're page. We're all on the same page in that <laughs> yeah. one. We get, yeah. I, we get it. And, and there are organizations that have gotten a bad rap over the past few years, you know, as far as how they allocate uh, funds and everything. So right now we're self-funded by me, myself and I, and yeah. uh, I'm well, okay with that. Hopes and dreams. I get it. I love, I, yeah. I love it. And, and those are, those are usually the ones that are making the most difference. My opinion. Yeah. I mean, I would don't, don't get me wrong. I'd love to have a support crew and I would love to have a film crew yeah. and I'd love to put out, you know, pump out more right. content, but, but uh, that's time. Your purpose, you, you got, you, you're, you're a guy with a good heart and you got the purpose first, you know, and, and that's, it was very evident when, when, when I met you face to face that it was like, this guy gets it, you know, not a lot of people get it. This guy gets it. And that was one of the things that I liked about you. And I think why we clicked so, so quickly, yeah. uh, and whatnot. I, uh, we're getting close to time here, but I, I want to, Patty, do you have any other questions? First off? I don't think so. I, um, go ahead. I mean, we covered so much. I am just so happy that somebody's finally addressing the transition part in a realistic way, because, um, I mean, that's huge to me. My husband was injured in Iraq in 07. So I can picture the time frame 2000, what'd you say, seven to nine. And there was so much red tape and the answer was always, it was pills. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, I had been with Ken for at least 10 years at that point when he was injured. So I knew the difference between his you know, post-traumatic stress and the brain injury and the things that were going on with him. But there's so many young couples who have no clue. So I love that you're going to be teaching these spouses. It's very much needed. So thank you for that. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. It's it's so needed because there are answers and that transition piece is just kind of the lost, the lost part of it all. Um, but the good news is, you know, I, this is the system that I have that I, that's my platform mastering mindset is what I used out on the trail to get through that grueling, you know, experience where 30% of people make it. And I did it with that injury and with the torn ligament. Um, and so, you know, we have a good platform of these six pillars that if you focus on those, it makes life a lot easier to navigate no matter what the storm Freaking love awesome. it, man. Thank you. Zach, before I ask you our last question, how can people reach out to you? How can they follow you if they're interested in having you speak um, at one of their events? How can they reach out to you? Sure. I appreciate that. Uh, if they email me, it's info at zackstar.com. And the website is zackstar.com, Z-A-C-K. 
S-T-A-R-R.com. Um, and yeah, reach out. I have three different keynotes. Um, we also have workshops uh, that are available and um, private coaching. So if somebody's interested, send me an email there as well. We can get a copy of the film out to folks who are interested. Same email. Zach, you're on a show called The Decision Hour. And yes, it's sir. the time of the show where Patty and I ask all our guests this question. And the question is, name a time in your life where your feet were on the line and you had to make that decision. It could be anything. And we've already talked about several decisions in your life so far. But what was what's one decision that really stands out to you where your feet were on the line and you had to make that decision? What was it? And what was the atmosphere like for you at that time? Yeah, for me, it was during that dark period uh, from 07 to 09. Um, and I was, I had lost my business. I couldn't keep up with the clients. Uh, my house was in foreclosure. I was parking my car in the garage because it was out for repossession. The VA was two years uh, away from, from increasing my temporary 100% disability while I was navigating uh, and waiting for surgery number four. And I just got in that dark spiral with all the medications and everything going on and felt hopeless. Uh, and there were two distinct days, uh, where I almost ended everything. And one of the days in particular, uh, for me, it wasn't getting my gun out and actually, you know, looking at it or having a moment. I had walked through that cycle already a million times of, if I open the closet door, the next 10 steps are already, they're already in stone. And for me, it was not opening that door. Uh, and so one of those two days in particular, uh, I was an absolute wreck and I made the decision to get in the car and my brother lived a mile and a half down the road and I drove to his house. It was two in the morning and I almost crashed going to his house. I was an absolute wreck, uh, and drove to his house and I knew I had to get away from my firearm because that was a definitive if I opened that door, there was, there was no other decision-making. I had already run the process. What I try to explain to other vets that are going through anything tough is ask for help. It's better to ask for help before you need it. But sometimes it's doing that one thing. For me, it was getting in the car. I couldn't make all the decisions to get to my brothers. I just got in the car, opened the garage door and drove. But sometimes that one decision of opening the garage door versus opening my bedroom closet door saved my life. And what I look at now is everything I've done since then, everything, the film, speaking, anybody that I've talked to, we've had people tell me from the film, it has helped save their life. All of those decisions have come from me deciding to open the garage door instead of the closet door. Man, I, that's, that's deep. And I appreciate you sharing that decision hour moment with, with us, Zach. Uh, any parting words before we let you go today? Uh, yeah, I think I think that's it. I think it's really the whole premise is no matter what state you're in, no matter what situation you're in, you can get through it. And by reaching out to other people, other um, activity groups, finding something that, that gives you passion back, um, there's a way to get through whatever adversity you're going through. And on trail, there were days I couldn't, walk the 25 miles I had to. And all I could do is get from here to the next tree or the next bend in the path. And I would do that. And I would say anybody going through adversity, get from here to the shortest distance you need to accomplish and then do that again and again and again. And it gets easier as you go along. 
Freaking love it. That's some great advice. Zach, thanks a bunch, brother. We appreciate you you guys for the the opportunity. Thank you guys for what you're doing. Uh, I love what you're doing in the platform. So thanks for the having me on the show. I love it. Folks, that's all the time that we have today. Uh, Big thanks to our buddy, Zach Starr. Uh, Make sure if you're interested, uh, go check out his website, www.zachstar.com. Uh, you can also email him at info at zachstar.com. We'll have all that stuff up on our social media uh, here uh, very shortly. Uh, in the meantime, uh, we'll give a shout-out to Heroes Media Group, our parent network. Go over, check out all the great shows and uh, articles that are over there. Go to www.heroesmediagroup.com. For Patty, I'm Adam. You've been listening to The Decision Hour.